Now on a beautiful early spring day. I'm in the office in the radio station here with our engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my good friend and assistant, David Abu. David, good morning. Good, morning. good to be here. An excellent day, another day. And uh, finally, finally, it looks like spring is here <laughs> in Northeast Ohio. Somebody yes. told me it was not the 20th April, it was the 85th day of January yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, it's spring. <laughs> hope spring's eternal and we're in the spring weather now. And David, last week we started, and actually I think a couple weeks prior to that, on this whole issue of um, the spiritual warfare, the, the life of the spirit of a believer, yes. and uh, particularly when the Bible talks about submitting to God mm -hmm. in James chapter 4, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So just what does the Bible say about the entire <clears throat> doctrine and uh, teaching about the unseen realm uh, to include uh, Satan, his tactics, his... his uh, the way he attacks people, the way he controls, does he control, can he affect our thought life, how does he tempt, and how do we put on the armor of God, as you talked about in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, it says in the scripture, in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, it makes this really interesting statement, where Paul says in chapter 2, 2 Corinthians, mm -hmm. he says, unless Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices or his strategy. Mm -hmm. See, as believers, we should not be ignorant of the enemy. One of the biggest things in warfare is to know your enemy. Yeah. Same thing in football. Yeah. You go into a game, you can prepare for the game, but right. if you understand your enemy, yes. their strengths, their weaknesses, you're going to have a much better chance of achieving victory. And so, yeah. too, when we open up this topic uh, about the unseen realm and uh, Satan and his minions and the control, or do they have control over people? What kind of effect do they have on believers? We'll look at that this morning. And next week we have a special guest, Dr. Sang. Dr. Sang is a Christian psychiatrist yeah. here in Northeast Ohio. And he's going to explain it from a medical point of view. Okay. Right. How bondages come about. Mm -hmm. How uh, we can be set free from these kinds of things. Uh, even the fact that thoughts actually reprogram our mind chemically. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and uh, this results in almost like... Uh, circuitry, mm -hmm. reestablishing circuitry and everything else, and even in our physical brain, let alone uh, the uh, non-physical mind. And of course, as believers, we believe in the soul and the spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's how it starts, David. And you, uh, I know you've done a lot of research on this topic. I was just going to paint a big picture here. You know, somebody as well said, well, why, did you ever hear this question, why did God create Satan? Did you ever hear that? People say that sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, why did God create the devil right. in the first place? Yeah. And, and the response, of course, is, uh, God did not create the devil as such. If you study in Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, mm -hmm. you'll see he created an archangel, a beautiful angel he's called. He's actually called Lucifer, which means light bearer or son of the morning. And uh, he's, he's a very exalted um, agent being, you know, uh, with free will, the capacity to serve God, to worship God. And of course, where he goes off, is he wants to lift himself up. I'm reading here uh, in Isaiah, uh, in Ezekiel uh, chapter 28. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, he starts out by, by prophesying about this king of Tyre, but then all of a sudden it switches to this cherub, this uh, angel. Mm. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 28, I, maybe one of you guys have that. What verse, John? Uh, starting with verse 12 through 15. And you'll notice it switches from an earthly kingdom to a celestial uh, prince or a powerful being. 
the, the son of man take up a lament concerning the king of Tyree and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Chameleon, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis, turquoise, and beryl. Your setting and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. You see that? Yeah. How he's created this kind of anointed cherub wow. or angel. Yeah. He's very close to God. He's walking on hot amber, you know, the very fiery presence of God. We know that one of the terms of God, he's a consuming fire, but he's right. also love. He's a, mm -hmm. uh, But now we see this angel, this being. But then when you come down to verse 17, it says your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze on you. And here we see he's cast out. Mm. Remember in Luke, I think it was last week, we saw where Jesus said, when the apostles came back and said, we have, in your name, we have power over the demons. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall as lightning. Mm. In other words, cast out. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. and that ties in with Isaiah chapter 14. A very similar passage. You know, we always compare scripture with scripture mm -hmm. to try to, flesh out the truth of scripture we don't want to get into areas where people might go or where did that come from or why do you think that is true and uh, one i don't know if you're there isaiah chapter 14 okay. starting with verse 12 again okay. we start with verse 12 uh -huh. and we go to uh verse let's go through 15 please okay. 12 how art thou fallen from heaven O lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yes, and then you shall be brought down into the pits of Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Thank you, Anna. Mm -hmm. So here we see again, like it says in Ezekiel 28, this high exalted position, this being called, here it's called Lucifer, mm -hmm. before it's the anointed cherub, very similar. Mm -hmm. Son of the morning, of course the morning star is mm -hmm. bright as yeah. it comes from the darkness. Yeah. Uh, how are you cut down? But notice the number of times the pronoun I is used here. Mm -hmm. I will ascend. Right. I will exalt. Yeah. I will sit. See, pride is the capital sin. Yeah. We're going to see this as we go through this whole topic. But just like in Ezekiel 28, until iniquity was found in his heart. He was beautiful. He was a, he was a servant of God. He was, a, he was perhaps an archangel to that level, like Michael or Gabriel, you mm -hmm. see. Uh, not a lesser angel. And then, but iniquity was, he's a free moral agent. Like human beings, we have the power of choice. And this is what he wants. But notice he wants to exalt himself higher and higher. And he finally says what in verse 14? In 14, I will ascend above the heights of, of the clouds. I will be like the most high. There you go. I wow. will be like the most high. How does he tempt Adam and Eve? You shall be like, like God. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. This is our starting point when we frame this. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about today, and it's going to take us a little while, but we're going to paint a picture of the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. uh, its effect on human beings, unbelieving human beings, and then those that are saved or regenerate or those that are bought by the blood of the Lamb and filled by the Holy Spirit and the power we have. We yeah. actually are highly resourced people. We often don't know it, uh, but it, we're going to see that greater is he that's in us, the Holy Spirit, than he that's in the world. Amen. And when Jesus says, I give you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, that is symbolic language or metaphor for the demonic. Mm. And they're underfoot. You see what I'm saying? Yes. They're over. We're going to see this. So when you come back to the Garden of Eden, way back in chapter 3, it says in Ezekiel, remember, you were in Eden, you were in the, you walking, yes. that's, yeah. that references this a little bit. Mm. So here we see the first mention of the devil, and it's in chapter 3, okay. uh, verse 1. Uh, uh, Genesis, Genesis 3. Uh -huh. Okay, the fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any one of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, hold on one second here. Yeah. We see his capacity to communicate. Yeah. Now this is going to be very important, and it's words. Mm. Okay, uh, Just like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, mm -hmm. it doesn't mention appearance. I'm not saying he didn't appear, but it says he said to him, if yeah. you be the son of God, make these stones into bread. If So it, be conscious of that fact of this whole thing with the verbal, the, the auditory. Mm. The first thing he does, does he deny God's word here in verse 1? What's he saying? He's, he's did, asking a question. But how does he phrase it? Well, he said that God really ah, say. He's not denying God's word, but what's he sprinkling in there? Just well, a little yeah. bit of a little doubt. Bit of doubt. That's right, yeah. Wanda. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't start with a frontal yeah. line. Uh -huh. yeah. He starts by a little bit of doubt. Yeah. Did right. he really say that? Yeah. But the problem with Eve is she gets in the conversation with him. Yeah. Now, in this dynamic, this encounter, who's in a more powerful position? She is. Why? Because God put them in charge of the garden. Of Every, dominion. Everything, dominion, and not everything, not right. just things that walk, but things that crawl. Uh -huh. So she's in a, a, a position of power here. But then he'll say, she says, but the fruit of the tree of the garden, we, we cannot eat. Uh, lest we die. God mm -hmm. said you will surely die. Uh -huh. She does a lot of problems here. She says we can't eat it. Then she also says we can't touch it. Well, she's adding to God's word there. He just said don't eat it. Right. Man has always added to God's word or <laughs> take it from God's word. <laughs> then the servants will say, the serpent said, you will not surely die. Jesus mm. says in John chapter 8, he is the father of lies. Yes. God just said what? If you eat of the tree of the knowledge, you will surely die. die. Yeah. Now he's saying what? Will you not will not die. die. Now we have to understand that he's mm. the father of lies. Yes. The antidote to lies is truth. truth. The truth, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yes. That's why when Jesus is in the wilderness temptation for 40 days, what he uses against the Satan's temptation is the word of God. You That's use truth. 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 Yes. Truth. Mm -hmm. truth. And so this is this is where we're ending up here. And he says, then he says. For God knows that the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Mm. What was he? What did he want to be when he, he was in heaven? Yeah. He wanted to be like God. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Now, how does this relate to unbelievers today? Is we make God-like decisions. Mm. I'm in control of my life. Mm -hmm. I'll do what I want to do mm -hmm. in morals, in ethics, in this. There's no God. I'll live any way I can. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then you, you start this downward descent. Of where we end up today. Right. 
So here's the beginning. We painted the big picture. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to come down and see because to know this things that God has revealed uh, gives us power. Yeah. It really does. Knowledge is power. Scriptural yeah. knowledge is truth, and that is real power. Mm. And we're going to see that this being has power. And matter of fact, mm. when Cain and Abel, when God told, he comes on the scene and he says this to the serpent in chapter 3, um, because you've do, done this, you're more cursed than all the cattle, more than all the beasts. You'll go on your belly, you'll eat dust all your life. And then he says, verse 15, I will put enmity or hostility between you and the woman. And the seed of the woman shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Well, what's the seed of the woman? Jesus. Because of the virgin birth. Yeah. When does a woman have the seed? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But he will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. When did he bruise the heel of the seed of the woman? When he put uh, Christ on the cross. On the cross. Yeah. He was wounded for our transgressions. Right. He was bruised, bruised for our iniquities. Yes. Wanda is yeah. You see? Yeah. And he says, but he'll crush your head. That means he's the victor. Right. And at the cross, through the shed blood of Christ, he gained, we're going to see this later, he gains victory over the enemy's hold on humankind. He says, he'll crush your head. Where was Jesus crucified? He was crucified on the cross. But what was were, the name of the place? Uh, Golgotha. What does it mean? Um, skull. Place of the skull. Yeah. The head. Right. You understand? Yeah. It's a beautiful picture of wow. him hitting the head. Wow. <clears throat> so here we see as we go into this now, yeah. the power of the enemy. And we're going to look at this, how he has access. If you turn to the book of Job, uh, just for a moment, uh, chapter 1, um, the book right before Psalms. It's the kind of the last book there before you come into the poetic book. Job 1, the prologue. Uh, Job chapter 1. This is a... What's interesting about Job, it's arguably... One of the oldest, if not the oldest, books in the Bible. Uh, it may even predate uh, the Torah, the first five books. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, there's all kinds of indications. Super early book, very old book. But uh, notice what it says here in verse um, 6. 6 and 7, chapter 1. On the day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Mm. The Lord said to Satan... Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. good. Now we see something. Yeah. See, when Satan is knocked out of heaven, remember, he's cast out. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus says, I saw Satan fall as lightning from him. He's cast out. And now we're going to see, when we get into the New Testament, his realm, he is called the prince and power of the air. air. Yeah. So atmospheric, if you will, okay? Right. Yeah. But part of that is he's, his one of his titles is accuser. He's yeah. a tempter, yeah. but here he comes before God. Right. And see, this shows us something, some very important things. He, he comes before God, and he's the accuser. He's going to accuse the brethren. One of his titles is the accuser of the brethren. And here he's going to make accusations against God's servant. But we catch it like a glimpse. Mm -hmm. If you will, the book of Job, think of like you're watching a play, a theater, but it has two stages. One is the floor level, mm -hmm. and then the lights go dim here, and then above that, there's a, there's an attic level. There's an upper floor. So sometimes you see what's going on on Earth, and then the lights dim here, and the lights go on in the upper level, mm -hmm. which is the heavenlies, mm -hmm. and we see what's happening. Do you see how God gives oh, yeah. us access to the spiritual, to see into the spiritual realm here? 
we see some of this activity going on. Unbelievers don't understand this because all they see is what's going on on the stage, first floor. But here God gives us some access. Mm -hmm. Now remember, God gives us insight, but he holds back too. It says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God and him alone. But those things that God has revealed, he's revealed to us, his servants, mm -hmm. as well as to our children, which means that we pass it to the next earth. So there's a lot God has shown to us, but there are things God has not shown to us. Yeah. So we can't overstretch um, uh, interpretation or <laughs> stuff that God has not clearly revealed to us. Before we go on, I just want to announce our number here, mm -hmm. telephone number, if somebody would like to call in. We had a caller or two uh, last week or the week prior to... Yeah. 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. If you're live streaming, www.wnzn.org. That's www.wnzn.org. Okay, so now we see, do you see his access here? That's very important. Martin Luther says, the devil is God's devil in this sense that God could even use the devil in what's his redemptive plan here on this earth. Mm -hmm. And if you study the book of Job, you'll see he limits him. Yeah. He says, he says, well, let me try to test him. He, he says that later in chapter 1. Seven, he says in verse 9, Satan answered the Lord and says, hey, Job doesn't fear you for nothing. You've put a hedge all around about him and his household, his possessions and everything. Mm -hmm. Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. See, that's what he wants to do. He mm -hmm. wants to turn man against God. Yeah. He hates the work of God. He cannot strike directly at God, but he'll strike at the image of God. Yeah. The image of God is man. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. He, sure. This is his thing. So he says, but now, he says, um, then the Lord said to him in verse 12, okay, all that he has in your power, only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Yes. He comes to tempt, to test. Because we are tested or tempted, does not mean that we have sinned. You see what I'm saying? The thing with temptation, it can, it can lead us to victory, as it will for Job, or it can lead us to defeat, as it did for, let's say, um, David with Bathsheba, or these other ones that fail in the Scripture when mm -hmm. they're tempted. So here we got to start seeing a little bit into the spiritual realm. We don't know how many uh, demons fell when Satan was cast out of heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's suggested in Revelation chapter 12 when the dragon leaves he drags a third of the stars with him wow maybe maybe all we know it's a high multitude very important point satan is a created being he is not omniscient mm -hmm. he's yeah. not everywhere yeah. now this is going to be very important Absolutely. when we get into what power does he have in the life of a particular mm -hmm. believer right. can he see our thoughts in the intents of our heart mm -hmm. no god does that mm -hmm. it's only said in scripture that God knows our thoughts from afar off. Yeah. He knows our up-sitting, our down-sitting. He knows our prayers before we pray them. It's never said that about Satan mm -hmm. because why? He is still a created being. Yeah. He's extremely powerful, but he's limited yeah. in terms of access. Absolutely. Yes, David. Well, you know, so in terms of questions, I wrote down a lot of questions <laughs> for, for this show in regards to can the devil read our minds? And as you said, John, only God can do that, not the devil. Psalm 139.4 says... Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Mm. And then the question is, you know, if, if Satan is supernatural, um, doesn't he have power to equal God's? And the answer is is no. He can't do that. But he uses the world to influence us 
like you talked about uh, on the last show, right, mm -hmm. John? So yeah. the influences here, the temptations we have here, um, that's what he can use against us, and he does. Yeah, what we want to do is kind of ease into it and kind of see what the Scripture says. You bring out a good point, David. See, here's three of God's attributes. Number one, he's omnipotent. That is to say he's all-powerful, yeah. omnipotent. He, he has all the power. He created this universe by just speaking a word. I mean, that's powerful. Yeah. You know, Jesus speaks a word and the, and the storm, is, yeah. you know, he speaks a word and Lazarus comes forth to death. He's omnipotent. God is, Satan is not omnipotent, okay? He doesn't have all power. He's, he's actually limited in his power. We're going to see that. Number two, God is omnipresent. He's here in this radio station this morning. Mm -hmm. He's in Cairo. He's in Chicago. Mm -hmm. He's in London. He's in he's in Bangkok. Okay. Yeah. He's God is is omnipresent. That's why you said in the Psalm, it, it'll say, "If I lift, go to the heights of heaven, you're there. If I go to the depths of Sheol, you're there. There's no place I can go that I'm not in your very presence." Right. Okay. So we understand that. Mm -hmm. Three, and this is a very important one. He's omniscient. Omniscient means to know everything. Mm -hmm. That is to say, when God says He knows my down sitting, my rising. This is very comforting for us as believers in particular because we know God knows the thoughts of our heart. He knows yeah. the intents of our heart. We even The psalmist even says, search me, O Lord, yeah. and see if there be any unclean thing. Satan in no way, shape, or form has that kind of uh, omniscient, all-knowing power to scan uh, our mind, our thoughts, our motives. Does that make sense? No. He, he is unseen. He's a disembodied yeah. person, if mm -hmm. you will, a personage. So he can observe. He, he can see, just like he sees here in Job chapter 1, what Job is about, what his family's about. Yeah. He's observant. We're going to see he does have powers of influence, especially when people give him entry. Now, yeah. that's the important point, yeah. David, when people give him entry. Now, uh, let me give you an example. Jesus gives the example of the sower and the seed. Do you remember that in yes. uh, Matthew chapter mm -hmm. 3, a famous parable? Mm -hmm. Well, the first seed goes on hard ground. Do you remember? Yes. And, and you, I don't know if you remember, what was the soil in, in that parable? Do you remember? The, 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 the seed is the word of God or the gospel, yeah. but the soil was the heart of man. Mm -hmm. Some of it's hard, mm -hmm. some of it's soft, some is receptive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the hard-hearted, when they hear the word of God, Jesus says, the birds come and pluck it away. Yeah. Well, later he explained the birds are the demonic. Yeah. They can come and just right. take it away. Mm -hmm. So that shows a little bit of influence uh, mm -hmm. on the thought life. Okay, I don't want to overplay yeah. this. But we start seeing, and that ties right in with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse yeah. 4. Um, let's do 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4. Ver uh, chapter? Uh, chapter 4. Chapter 4, 2 Corinthians three and, and 4. Uh -huh. Okay. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you, Wanda. Uh -huh. do, you, do you see what it's saying here? Yeah. See how that ties in with the soil yeah. where the enemy comes? So, I mean, this is powerful, to blind the eyes of those who don't see the, the glorious light of the gospel. Mm. That's why when you come to receive Christ and you hear the word of God and you respond, more light comes. The Bible says in Psalms, the entrance of thy word giveth light. Mm -hmm. It's more light. And then light dispels darkness. But do you see the power? It's like prisoners. Yeah. He's got chain, but they're walking around and they're blinded. Yeah. 
Yes, David. I, I never understood that. And, and the reason I don't understand it is because I would think that God would want to open the word to anybody that picks up the book. So the, even as a kid, I never understood that premise. Uh, and as, I, I know he searches our hearts, and I know that he wants us to be in regular communion with him uh -huh. and interaction before he allows the armor to be activated. Um, but, you know, th that's really hard for me to, to get. I don't, I don't think I'm alone. Good point. Wanda, did you have a comment? What is so important that I want so many listeners to, who are just tuning in from Ohio, Chicago, Memphis, Donna, I see you. Thank you all for joining us. Nick, thank you so much. It is so important to understand that even though there's influence there, you said something so powerful. Satan only has what you allow, which is a space of entry, that is what he has to work with. If you resist him, as the word says, he must flee. He can only work with what we allow him to work with mm -hmm. and go from there. But if we remain in prayer and in his word as he told us to, that is how we keep, I guess you would say, the windows sealed. Mm -hmm. and keep them out of there. You know what I mean? That's a very good point, and it's a good metaphor. Keep the windows sealed. Mm -hmm. See, he can bang on the front door. Mm -hmm. right? He can yell through the windows, mm -hmm. but he's not getting in. If you keep that door closed, he's not the enemy. See, that's why it says in Ephesians chapter 4, do not give place to the enemy. Yes. Jesus even says in John, he says, the prince of this world cometh, but he has no place in me. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's no place of entry. There's mm -hmm. no, no, no worry. See, what he wants is a thought, which leads to a foothold mm -hmm. that leads to a stronghold. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you understand this yeah. principle? Mm -hmm. If you open yeah. the door to him, think of a home invasion. Yeah. If you yeah. if you your doors are secure, your windows secure, you're awake, you're alert. Nobody's going to get in your house. You're safe and sound. You see. Mm -hmm. But if you hear him, oh, maybe I'll open the door a little bit. Maybe I'll invite him in. Well, that's where the problems come in when yeah. people, be knowingly or unknowingly, invite the demonic in. Now right. we're going to look at this later. There's ways people do that yeah. uh, through occultic means, uh, the, through drugs, through alcohol, through all kinds of different ways yes. where you give ground yeah. to the devil. Yes. That's the critical yes. issue. Absolutely. We are extremely secure people, we're going to mm -hmm. see in a moment. But uh, the, 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 to your question, David, yeah. for unbelievers, you didn't understand this idea of how the enemy blinded their minds? Right. Okay, well... <laughs> First and foremost, turn to Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment. Ephesians chapter... This is a really good study because it's this kind of flowing excellent. on its own. It's right. excellent. Yeah. I, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit's Ephesians taking... Ephesians chapter 2? Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to look at something here with, okay. to, to your point. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, verse 1, mm -hmm. Paul says, And you he made alive who were dead yeah. in your trespass. That's yeah. the first thing. We're going to look at this. How did death enter into the human condition? Way back, when well, you partake, yeah. and, at, and and what did Satan say? You will not surely die. die. Yeah. He was a murderer from the beginning. Right. Yes. Jesus said that. Okay, yeah. now, mm -hmm. here's the problem. Right. If you ask people, uh, just go out and do a, a, a survey, you know, go to a college, go anywhere, man on the street survey, are you spiritually dead? Mm. What do you think people would say to you? <laughs> no, Absolutely. because they're blinded. Absolutely. Yeah. They're blinded. Sure. See, that's why Jesus says in John chapter 9 with the blind, he healed the blind man and he, then he saved him. But the Pharisees and that says, are we blind also? He says, if you would have known you're blind, you could have got your sight. But because you don't know you're blind, you're still blind. 
See what I'm saying? To your point, this is yeah. a very important point. Yes. So he says, I know, once I understood scripture, that I was dead spiritually. You know, so they, they walk yeah. me through the Roman road. They say, <laughs> all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They go, John, do you admit you're a sinner? Yeah. I go, I got that part worked out. Check. Yeah. I understand that yes. part. Yeah. I just don't know how to receive salvation. Yeah. Okay. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, verse two, in which you once walked, According to the course of this world, there's this fallen world, mm -hmm. according to the who? Prince of the power uh, of the air. Okay. The spirit who now works where? In children of disobedience. I see that? This yes. is a this is a sad picture. Sure and when it says yeah. prince, a prince has power. Yeah. A prince is not the king, but yeah. a prince has power. He has power. Okay, he's the prince of this. Uh -huh. Among whom also we, Paul includes himself in this, uh -huh. once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like. So, do you see this? Now that goes to your point. Yeah, John. Uh, I think I, I love mm. what you brought up in the last show about the fact that we turn the keys over to the kingdom to Him. Now mm -hmm. He's in control of us. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and that's why you know it's so important. When you start to think about that, that's really what what changed me. Because then I started to realize this is real. Yes. The supernatural world is real. It's an invisible war. Yeah, right. But it is real nonetheless. And the more you get into the word, the more you realize that Absolutely. these things you see happening to other people uh -huh. uh, are because of the demonic. Right, right. You know, so how many people, how many millions of people are drug addicts, are addicted to porn, are alcoholics. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's what it's, that's Satan and the demons. Point of entry, right. And it's hard mm -hmm. to comprehend that. Even the folks that are focused just on one thing, yeah. worldly possessions, is the same thing. Yeah. So for me, when I started to look at this and I thought about, okay, you know, how can we use the word? You know, I think the best example is, is the fact that Jesus was even tempted when he went into the wilderness and how he wielded that sword right. three times. That's right. And yes. what he did is he shot back the quotes of Scripture. Right. He didn't get upset. He didn't bring out his baseball bat. Mm -hmm. He used the gospel as his retaliation. And the devil fleed. Right. And that's in Mark. Uh, that's, you know, what, what is that, John? I think that's in, is that in Matthew? The temptation, yeah. Matthew, Matthew, um, Matthew four. Let me. Let's see where that where that was. I, I wrote it down, and it's uh, right against. Let's see. It's in chapter four. Yeah, chapter four. So, but you know, from that point, now, granted, then I started to think, man, do I got a lot of work to do if I'm going to be memorizing scripture? But but I think at the end of the day, the the best way to start for us is whenever you do run into something. Like, like, I'll go back with my family and my wife and we'll pray. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I don't have scriptures yes. on my tongue like Jesus did, I'm not saying you're going to do that. I, I, it's going to take me a long time to even have that capability, but that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. and, sure. and you have to look at the examples of Christ and how he did it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's a perfect example. I don't mind me to digress, but yeah. it's a very important topic. Right, right. So what we're seeing here as we're <clears throat> kind of layering it in here, we're seeing the power. We're starting with the unbeliever. Then we're going yes. to move to the believer. Yeah. But you see this power he has, and uh, you know, to keep people in bondage. You got to think like Pharaoh, with the Israelites for four hundred years. Right. They were oppressed. They were enslaved. He was persecuting them. He made them hard toil. He was killing the firstborn. Yeah. He was like a type of Satan. You see, those people had no recourse. What can they do mm -hmm. until God intervened? Mm -hmm. And how did they get out on the tenth plague? Through the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Yes. The blood of the Lamb Absolutely. released them from slavery. Absolutely. When did Jesus die? On Passover. The blood, yes, 
for anyone who's listening across the United States, if you want to call in and participate live in this conversation, please feel free. 440-399-3044. 440-399-3044. I just wanted to do that, John, because there's so many people across the United States tuning in right now. Okay, great. Okay. Hey, John. Yes. Uh, you know, I wanted to add one thing. It was Matthew 4 where Jesus uses the gospel... Um, uh, to counter Satan, but you know, I started to look at this, and I found this idea that in World War II, people say God speaks, but Satan counterfeits. Uh-huh. So, so you know that little yes. voice you hear on your shoulder. Yes. I, I remember the cartoons with where there was the angel on the left, uh, and then Satan on the right. Yeah. That's what I started picturing. <laughs> so, and then I started to think, well, how is this possible? It's kind of akin to what happened in World War II. Remember the Japanese found ways to broadcast on American airways to our soldiers, mm-hmm. giving them commands and orders to deceive and defeat our troops. The soldiers had to make sure that they were taking orders from the right source. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept. Same concept. Mm-hmm. So when you visualize, you got the, the devil on one side, you know, sitting there poking you in the yeah. chin, and then you got the angel on the other side. But that's what it's all about. That's why you have to be in the word so that you can decipher the difference. Yeah. John, maybe you can talk about that because I'm still learning how that works. Well, no, again, it, the, the, the key again, the, the weapon against or the antidote for uh, a lie is yeah. the truth. Right. Okay, yeah. And Jesus clearly says in John chapter 17 in his high priestly prayer, sanctify them by the truth. And then he says, thy word is truth. So there's no confusion there. The, 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 the word of God is the word of God. You yeah. see, if, if Eve would have replied and said, look, mm-hmm. we can't eat, I shouldn't even be talking to the serpent to begin with, but we can't eat of that tree because we will surely die, period. Yeah. End of conversation. They have the victory. Yeah. That which was created in innocence would have then been righteous because they would have obeyed God, resisted the enemy, and then received from the tree of life. Go on. And, and John, but... You know, so again, I, you know, the devil then what comes in when he gives us that little temptation, the thought. It's when the thought comes in that potentially will force us to lead to the action, right? So that that's where we're, we're taught in the scripture to control every thought. Isn't that the whole point here of how to close the windows? Why yeah, you, you, you got to start. We got to... First, you want to start, okay, what is his, his role or his uh, effect yeah. on unbeliever? Right. Then we move to believer. You don't want to confuse him too much. Okay. What effect he has on a believer, unbeliever, I'm trying to paint a picture, is number one, he's blinded him. Number two, when the word of God comes, Jesus says in the sower, so uh, Matthew chapter, he can snatch that away. Mm-hmm. That's why people can hear a really good message on the radio and a sermon, yeah. and, mm-hmm. but it just goes over them. Mm-hmm. Like at Christmas time, or let's say Billy Graham's funeral, the word of God went out, yeah. what, two million people, yes. 200 million? <laughs> well, a lot of people just fluffed it off. Okay, yeah. whatever. You know, That's because the word of God cannot penetrate, but he can actually gain entry. Now, we're going to look at this in a moment. For example, in John chapter 7, uh, 13, verse 27, it's Satan says, it's, Jesus says about Judah, Satan has entered into his heart. Yeah, right. Gen- has entered in. It, Peter says to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, mm-hmm. why have you let Satan fill your heart mm-hmm. with this deception? Yes. So there's areas, we don't, can't overwork it too much, but it yeah, seems okay. where he can, the door is open and he gains some entry. Yes. He gains some entry. Yes. And that's why... Uh, again, this is for unbelievers. I'm not talking about believers at this point in time. And they can allow more and more control. Okay, I was a missionary in Southeast Asia for many years. Mm-hmm. People there traffic in spirits. They call it lengapi. It's called play with the spirits. They actually invite 
spirits. And hence, in the Old Testament, this is what you call a person with a familiar spirit. Mm -hmm. It means an unclean spirit has been invited and it's hooked onto them. And they are called a shaman, a wizard, a witch, sorcerer. They're yes. strictly forbidden in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Absolutely. We'll talk about that Absolutely. one time. But the people open the door. They've invited them in, even unknowingly. For example, kids... Teenagers playing with Ouija board. Yep. They think, oh, this is just a game. No Tarot not. cards, just a game. Uh, horoscopes, just a game. Well, maybe not everybody's going to be effective, but you're opening a door. Absolutely. You're giving a point of entry. Absolutely. That's the point of entry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you See say that's oh, yeah. just a game. It, even, and it's the same tactic. Different people, same mm. tactic. You surely will not die. Yes, right. Same tactic. Oh, it's just a game. Exactly. It's it's just one. It's just it's just one time. Yeah. That's the point of entry. That's we it. We have to keep the window sealed. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna see that when we come to believers. Absolutely. Good point, Wanda. But you see how that that gain entry. Yes. And when people are walking blindly, they don't know the word of God. They don't understand light. Yes. So they literally walk into the wolf's den. Yeah. What I'm saying is, you know, some music, some movies out there, some. Uh, uh, things in video games. Yeah. I, I don't I look at it that way. I mean, I mean, they're so occultic. They're so dynamic. Yeah. You think, well, that's entertainment. That's funny. Well, to some, yes, but to some poor souls, they've opened a point of entry. Yeah. Fear gets in. See, fear is the reversal of faith, yeah. the other side of faith. Yeah. That's why Jesus yeah. always challenges his apostles. Why, well, why were you fearful? Where was your faith? Like crossing the sea and the mm -hmm. storm and that. Well, when fear comes in, that's where Satan wants to get his point of entry. He comes in. He can hold people in a grip of fear. He can hold them. And all of a sudden, they're not sleeping well. They're depressed. Let me show you how this works. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 2 for a moment. Hebrews chapter 2, and just to show you this power. Again, this is on uh, unbelievers, okay? okay? I'm not talking believers because we, we have the victory through Christ. But look Absolutely. at uh, verse 14 and 15. Okay. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime sub subject to bondage. Do you see this? You remember what we talked about in Genesis 3.15? The seed of the woman will crush the head of the uh, seed of the serpent. Here it is. He, the, 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 he himself likewise took upon himself human flesh. That's the incarnation. Yes. God came down. Yeah. And what did he do through his death on the cross? He might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. That's believers now i mean unbelievers coming to believe verse 15 and release uh -huh. see the prisoner the prison yeah. door open yeah. and release those who through fear there's fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage do you see the prisoner elements yes. here yeah and when what yes John, uh pastor angela johnson from chicago has asked uh would you please uh give the theme of today she just joined in mm -hmm. she wants the theme of today okay thank you pastor um, we put it under the broad title of spiritual warfare, but what we're looking at today is the influence of Satan in the life of an unbeliever, but also the resources and power we have when we're in Christ uh, in terms of walking in victory uh, over the demonic. And so uh, the broad title, Pastor, would be, um, I would put it, uh, uh, victory uh, uh, through Christ right. over the uh, the, yes. the, uh, the uh -huh. demon's uh lies Absolutely. in life Amen. Um, so we're kind of walking it through we're still looking at the control mm -hmm. or the influence 
uh, on unbelievers. We see this. And again, Jesus comes, it says in 1 John, uh, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, yes. that he might destroy yes. the works of the wicked one. Mm. And before we were believers, Wanda, David, me, all of it, we, we just went the course of this world. Uh -huh. We were just influenced maybe by the strongest peer group or the strongest worldview or religion or occultic or movie. We didn't know. You yes. see, we didn't know the mm -hmm. light. We didn't have the light under our path. Mm -hmm. So now we have it. Yeah. So once we come to Christ, everything switches. Yeah. Yes. Everything changes now. And that's where we're going to move towards. Mm -hmm. uh, because now, why? What happens? So many things happen when we receive Christ. Number one, forgiveness of sin. Mm -hmm. a removal of guilt. It, most, most important is the infusion, uh, the uh, reception of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. into our heart. Yeah. And Paul calls this the greatest mystery hidden throughout all the ages. What is it? Colossians chapter 1. Christ in you, yes. the hope of glory. Yes. That is powerful. Yeah. We're going to look at that. Yeah, David. Well, you know, John, um, I, I know we want to, you know, talk about the difference between unbelievers and believers, but I got to tell you, mm -hmm. uh, for me, believers have just as much challenge with everything, especially when they first come in. I saw what happened to me a few years ago. The minute I started to get more interested in the Word, crazy things started to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean across the board, mm -hmm. you know, from the family issues to the business issues. So what I would like to convey, at least, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but once you get into the Word, you got to learn how to use this stuff. you got to oh, be in the world cool. regularly. Oh, yeah. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're immune. And, and you're going to be like an unbeliever in the sense that if you don't use it regularly, if you're not in communion with it, if you are not in the Word with it, which is the way Jesus made the enemy flee, mm -hmm. it's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Now, I'm not looking to scare anybody, mm -hmm. but the reality is that that's what you have to do. And I'm realizing that uh, more and more in my own life, John. Mm. I mean, that's the fact of the matter, right? Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean... That's why when you come to Ephesians 6, mm -hmm. for a believer, there's very clear instructions yeah. given, uh, wrapped up in spiritual um, kind of metaphor, if you will, the armor of God. Yeah. But yeah. this is warfare. It's Absolutely. not. It doesn't yeah. say, uh, yeah. you know, put on a nice hat and put mm -hmm. on a nice suit coat and a tie. It, it's talking about weapon, weaponry. Yes. You yes. see, uh, finally, brethren, verse uh, 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil mm -hmm. yeah. or his strategy. Or yeah. Because he doesn't just want us to... You have the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God uh -huh. has come now, and you have the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And it's retreating provided we're walking in the spirit, we're walking in power. When you go into the office, you go into the schoolroom, you go into a home, you're bringing power. You mm -hmm. understand that? You're, you're bringing kingdom power. You're an ambassador for Christ. Right. And... and Darkness, that's why when you can share even a couple words with somebody, you might be able to set a prisoner free uh, by just sharing your testimony, by yeah. just sharing. And they go, wow, I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. Again, just a little bit. Again, it goes back to Psalms. The entrance of thy word giveth light. Yes, absolutely. You see, a little bit of light, you a little flashlight. Yeah. Yes. If you go to the stadium at 3 in the morning or Gundarina, it's pitch dark. You don't see it. And if you light one little tiny match... You'd see that no matter just yes. a little tiny yes. badge. That's the power of light. You see, always remember this: darkness fears the light. Yes. Light does not fear the darkness. Absolutely. That's why countries that are are against the gospel, against the name of Jesus Christ, they will try to shut down radio, television, mm -hmm. internet. 
I know. I lived in northern Thailand, yeah. right next to the country of Myanmar. They try to even shut shut down internet access where they got why. Darkness fears the light, yes. but light does not fear darkness. And faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Absolutely. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's saying here, you can be strong, and he goes through it. I think you talked about this, David, the whole armor of God. Mm -hmm. And having done all, uh, stand in that evil day, verse 13. Yeah. Yeah. Stand there for have, having girded your, your, your waist with truth, there's that idea of truth again, yeah. put on the breastplate of righteousness, right. having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, there's mm -hmm. the idea, we should know the word of God, we should be prepared. Mm -hmm. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench what? Flame all the fiery darts right. of the wicked one. Now, this is towards believers. Yes. Do you understand this? Mm -hmm. yeah. What is he firing at us? Not okay. just darts, but no. what? Fiery darts. Yeah. Fiery darts. Okay. Be all kinds of Let me tell you, yeah. in warfare, one time, because so much was stone and wooden, mm -hmm. the, the, the ramparts, the defense systems. Well, it's one thing when they launched their catapults with stones. Mm -hmm. But when they got their arrows close enough, their archers, mm -hmm. they dipped these things in oil or petroleum, and they shot them because it was fiery. Because why? It lasts longer than a regular arrow. It burns. Yes. And let me yes. give you an example. Uh -huh. This is why it says in Hebrews chapter 12, watch out that a root of bitterness doesn't grow in your heart. Mm. See, that's a fiery dart. Yes. Because by it, many are defiled. Yes. So let's say somebody insults me or slights me, yes. and that's a fiery dart. They yes. might not even know uh -huh. that's from the enemy, but they, 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 they disparage me. They insult. I feel offended, and I carry that. What is a fiery dart? It burns long after it's stuck. Yeah. It burns, and I meditate on it. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Well, that, they're, they're, once you are aware, and you go, whoa, 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 mm -hmm. I'm not going to carry this yes. unforgiveness. I mean, uh -huh. you, then you, you're pulling out the fiery dart, and here's what you do. Here's a spiritual lesson. Anytime you get shot with a fiery dart, pick it up and throw it back at the enemy. Absolutely. You know how you do that? Absolutely. You pray for the person that yes. shot that Absolutely. fiery dart. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. Okay. You told me it was like sprinkling coals over there. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So once you do that, yeah. you watch when those fiery darts will stop. Because every time you're taking that, you go, oh, okay, let me pray for so-and-so. Yeah. That's why Jesus says pray for those that despitefully Absolutely. use you. You're reversing the warfare, and you become very dangerous mm -hmm. to the kingdom of darkness. Right. So here we see when we start merging and, and going into this new life we have in Christ, again, what I tell believers, I tell myself, we are heavily resourced people. We, we, we need not fear the enemy. We, you respect your enemy because yes. we see, look at his titles. Jesus calls him the prince of this world. He's called the God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 4. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the tempter. He's called yeah. uh, the, the, the morning star. He's called all of these kind of uh, powerful imagery, mm -hmm. but we are more powerful. Yes. And let's turn to James chapter 4 because actually, well, time is really going yeah. quick this morning. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. So here, uh, clearly, uh, it's amazing how much information is given in the yes. scriptures for us to lead a, a powerful life. Okay. Number one, um, look what it says in uh, verse 4. Uh, James chapter 4 and 5. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Mm. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That's a strong language, That's enemy of God. Okay, Absolutely. okay. now look at verse 5. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the Spirit he has caused to dwell in us? There, There's the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying our Holy Spirit in us is like, do you ever take two magnets and reverse them? They go, yeah. 
So we have the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and the world's not comfortable with that, and we're not comfortable with the world. Mm -hmm. And when we do it, you feel like it's a conviction, but it's like, uh, you know, it's just not harmonizing. Yeah. Then he says um, that the Holy Spirit that dwells in you is crucial. But verse 6, but he gives more grace. Yeah. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Always look where you can get more grace. Absolutely. He says, humility, Absolutely. what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven? What was his chief sin? Pride. Pride. Yeah. What does it say here? God will give us more humility. Yeah. Humility is the key. Yeah, okay. Right. Now here it is. Therefore, submit to God. Mm -hmm. That is your crucial thing in spiritual growth, in spiritual uh, warfare. Yeah. First and foremost, you have to submit to God. Get under His authority. Yeah. Yes. Get under, uh, obey His word. When yeah. we say, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come." Thy will be. See, that's a will knowingly want you know to be submitted. You, gotta turn it over. you want to be submitted yes. to God. That's why the centurion, yeah. when he wanted Jesus to come and heal the servant, mm -hmm. Jesus says, okay, I'll come to your home. He goes, no, no, no. You give the word. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, what? And he says, I'm a man under authority. I say this and that and these men go. He knew Jesus had authority. Absolutely. If you want spiritual authority, here's a little key for the day. If you want spiritual authority, be under spiritual authority. Yes. This is one of the biggest problems. We're going to talk about a whole program to this in the near future of people that aren't in church mm -hmm. under pastoral care mm -hmm. and authority related to brothers and sisters in Christ. They put themselves out. That's a very dangerous thing for a believer, but you want to be properly under authority, and then you will have authority. Yes, Ooh, David. John, that is so freeing, though, because the one thing that you and I talked about, and I didn't get any of this stuff, uh, I was about the world. I thought about worldly things and how to fix worldly things with a hammer, right? Or a nail. But what you just brought up is once you go under that authority, that gives you the power to know God is in control. Right. And you can turn stuff over to him that is too challenging for yourself. Yes, mm -hmm. right. That's the beauty of it. It's mm -hmm. not just, he's not that kind of authoritarian. Right. He's not a dictator. That's the beauty of the relationship. You're exactly so, right. So, John, that's the part I didn't get, and I'm starting to get it now, mm -hmm. and it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Absolutely it is. Did you have something on that? Yeah, because once you realize that, you take your power back in, mm -hmm. in so many different ways and in so many aspects of your mm -hmm. life. But that is the way that the Lord set this thing up anyway. But it right. is through that point of entry that we got it off track. Yeah. But once we get that thing back on track, and it, it just happens like clockwork. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's why Jesus says yeah. in John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to rob, to kill, and destroy. Uh -huh. Same verse. Jesus says, but I come that you might have life, life. and life more, more abundantly. Absolutely. To me, that tells me salvation, life, but life more abundantly, the victorious life. The enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Look all around you today. Yeah. Look at these poor young people. Drugs, overdose, yes. took one here. Look at a, a, a guy in the highway, has too many drinks coming home from work, he, he piles up and kills him. Look at there, look at there. Everywhere, because why? That's The enemy wants to do that. But Jesus has come to give us life, and life more abundantly. So back here to James 4, we're walking this down. First and foremost, therefore, he says, Submit yourselves to God. Mm -hmm. A very interesting thing, if uh, you want to, uh, readers want to do some, uh, listeners want to do some research, mm -hmm. is in the book of Acts. Study when the seven sons of Siva come and they try to cast a demon out of a man. They're trying to imitate what the apostles did, but they weren't under authority. Mm -hmm. They weren't believers. And here the demons jumped on them and started harassing them. It's very interesting in the book of Acts. But here, okay, 
Let's look now what it says here. And this is very powerful. We submit to God. Then it says, do what? Resist the devil. That means push back, mm -hmm. realize it. And he will do what? He will flee. He'll flee. He'll flee. Right. Flee. Yeah. That, he's, he's, he's like this extremely powerful mm -hmm. spiritual entity. But it says for a little, little tiny little believer that's following these instructions, he'll flee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a monster fleeing mm -hmm. away yes, if absolutely. we do this. And then the other positive part, of course, of this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Mm -hmm. That's, that, that, that's a, if, if, if Adam and Eve would have done this, if they would have been properly submitted to God, obey God, mm -hmm. don't get near that tree of knowledge of good and evil, mm -hmm. they could have resisted the devil, he would have left them, and they would have drawn near to God. And mm -hmm. he would have came and walked with them in the cool of the day. Mm. But this whole yeah. thing is for each one of us today. Mm -hmm. Each believer is in a sense in the position of an Adam or an Eve. That is to say, Adam comes to tempt, to deny God's word, to throw doubt on God's word, and we're in a position to listen to him, or to resist the devil, submit to God, and He will flee from us. Will flee. Amen. Yes. You know, John, it's kind of it's kind of a dangerous uh, tightrope because He created us in His own image. Right. So that's also part of the temptation because we know we know the attributes we have, and sometimes we do get a little enamored with how wonderful we are. But that's well, why it's so important to walk yeah. in humility. That's right. the key one. And, and, and that's, that's the challenge. <laughs> that's why Paul says, I keep my body under yeah. subjection. Yes. Right. Lest having preached the gospel, Absolutely. I become a castaway. Yeah. Yes. Because um, if you want power, if you want authority, if you want to be rightly submitted to God, be low. The way in the kingdom of God is down. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Jesus says the greatest among you will be the greatest servant. Yeah. He says, you want to serve, you want to be powerful, wash your brother's feet. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you wanna, you wanna, they want this take it the extra mile. Mm -hmm. he, Jesus got into the showroom of life and he reversed all the price tags. He did. Yeah. Everything man thinks is valuable is, is not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. What shall a profit a man? He gains the whole world mm -hmm. and loses his soul. So we're going to pick up on this uh, in the days to come. I, we're just going to close off. Maybe David and then Wanda or, uh, might have a final thought on this. Yeah. We're going to get into this a little bit more, but we have Dr. Sang coming next week, which is going to be interesting, yeah. which is going to tie in a little with this program this yes. morning. Yeah, it does, because I like where Dr. Sang uh, brought us on the last show he was on, where he talked about the fact that we have all these issues in the world because of our separation right. from God, which mm -hmm. goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. But I guess one of the things I want to leave you with is I was watching this video uh, with Billy Graham, and he said, we're not going to fix our world with more police or military power. We have to, we have, to have prayer power and spiritual power, and the Bible tells us how to go about this. Mm -hmm. and, and there's so much truth to that, John. Forget about adding to your military forces or police. It's not going to fix the problem. Mm -mm. It, it is what it is. And again, uh, here's what Paul says. We're going to pick up on this in a program, too. Mm -hmm. I'll start wrapping it up. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 um, Paul is talking to believers here, and he says something very interesting. He says, um, chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. If Go somebody ahead, can read if that. you have it up. 2 Corinthians, chapter 11. 11 verse 2 and 3. Uh -huh. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means... As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You notice that? It takes it back to Genesis. Yeah. Wow. Now look at this. 
Same chapter, verse 13. Verse, okay. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And verse 14, Wanda, please. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now look it. Now remember, yeah. Garden of Eden, remember angel in heaven, Lucifer, light bearing. We're going to study religions and religious uh, and political leaders and how Satan entered into their lives. Mm. How does Muhammad get his revelation? In a cave in 570, Mecca, and an angel comes to him. Right. How about Joseph Smith, upstate New York? 1832, and Angel Moroni comes to him. Mm. We're going to look at this. Yeah, we, they yeah. come in really nice clothing, though. He came as an angel of mm -hmm. light, but he was an apostle. Paul. So we're going to look at a big picture as we push this thing yeah. out in the days to come. So thank you again, Wanda, yes. station engineer here, Absolutely. and everybody that's listening. Uh, thank you for listening this morning. I'm just going to close in a short word of prayer and uh, close down. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, first and foremost, that Jesus, you came to seek and to save that which was lost, and you given us so much more than salvation alone, Lord. You've given us the Holy Spirit. You've given us power. You've given us your word. You've given us each other, Lord, that we can encourage one another uh, to walk this road that you've called us to, Lord, and to walk in victory. And you've said you give us power to yes. trample upon serpents yes. and scorpions. And we have keys now through your Holy Spirit and the word of God to help set prisoners free, just like somebody once came to us. So help us, Lord. I pray for anyone listening today that has doubt or fear. Maybe some of this made sense. Maybe some of it didn't make sense. But I pray, Lord, that they would tune in or go to a Bible-believing church right in their area, maybe down the street, and just inquire uh, what these things be true indeed, realizing that, again, Jesus came to give us life yes. and life more abundantly. Again, we thank you for all these things. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a good weekend, you. everybody. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thanks, Wanda.